Hey, welcome back to Lifestyle of a Gay Black Boy. Um, I'm going to be your host today. Today I'm going to be Ash Ketchum. Everybody should know what anime that's from. It's universal. Especially if you're listening to me, you should at least know that anime. Um, I can't say I'll buy you a shot this week if you see me out because I won't be out. At least not at the bars right now. Which, I mean, isn't a bad thing because coronavirus and then two coronavirus so i don't see myself being on any bars this weekend but if you know who ash ketchum is give yourself a high five it'll be great um welcome to the show or if you're back listening to me welcome back to the show i decided to take a little week off get a little mental health break for myself and my sanity sometimes it's needed y'all when these things happen like our world is going right now There is nothing wrong with saying I'm taking a fucking break and just shutting everything out. I haven't even been on the social medias lately because I'm just like, there's just probably stupid things on top of stupid things. I didn't think it could get worse than the injecting sanitizer into your body. But we all know we've got Cheeto guy in the White House. And well, who knows what's the next stupid motherfucking thing that could come out of his mouth. But like always, if you want to interact with the show, feel free to do so through my social medias at Lifestyle of a Gay Black Boy. Or if just, you know, email me, drop me a couple of uh, words on some parchment at lifestylegbb at gmail.com. That's lifestyle, G is in gay, B is in black, B is in boy at gmail.com. And, you know, I'll be sure to read, get back to it. Um, Since I had like a good seven days off, I'll give you a good seven curse words to use towards me before I stop reading. Um, If you give me something really good, oh, you know, tickles my fancy, I might read it while I'm doing the show. Um, speaking of reading while doing the show, today's show is going to be a mailbag episode. I've gotten some good questions sent to me, some just ponderies of the human brain. So I thought, why not? Let's go through the mailbag and see what y'all sent me, okay? Um, but before we do that, just a little bit of what's going on in the news. Um, Earth is on fire. All people are doing dumb, crazy shit. And it just seems like more and more shit compiles that you would just not believe. I think there's some motorcycle rally this week or something. And there's going to be like hundreds of thousands of people there. So look out for that as another super spreader event for uh, coronavirus. And then all the other dumb shit that's happening. You know, plus, though, Kamala Harris um, is going to be president. Well, vice president. But I'm going to look at her for the presidential, you know, things that need to be done. Uh, So that's a huge plus. If you're not familiar with Kamala Harris, Kamala Harris is a senator from California. She ran for president this, well, she ran for the presidential nomination um, in this most recent cycle of politics, if you want to call it that. I'm still going to stick with shit show, but I guess it could be called politics. Um, She has had a lot of plans in her campaign for infrastructure of the United States. That's the roads, waterways, how we get our water, sanitation, and all those things, which, I mean, Flint, Michigan still does not have clean water. Let's talk about that. It's been a minute. They still don't have trustable drinking water from their taps. So Kamala Harris has 
plans, or at least she had plans when she was running for her presidential nomination uh, to work on the infrastructure, to also work on criminal justice reform, not in the manner of reducing prison sentence times, but looking at the process of actual uh, punishment. And then after the punishment comes the reintegration into everyday life and how to stop the, uh, there's a word for it, recidivism. I'm probably saying it wrong, but it means when someone gets out of prison and then they go back she wants to decrease that rate because it's alarmingly high of people who've gone to prison to end up getting caught back in the system and going back. Um, I don't think she's for defunding the police. She did work as a prosecutor, which means she did end up sending people to prison, but I'm not going to hold that against her. That was the job that she was tasked with at the time, and she did it to the best of her ability. So... We'll see what happens. Voting is going to be definitely essential at this point because, ugh, my God, if this is only four years and it feels like this idiot's been in office for eight already, I can only imagine another four years. The world will probably literally just get up from the table and be like, okay, y'all, I am done. And she will probably shake us off and just walk right into the sun and be like, nope, I'm not doing this again for another eight years. Well, for another four years. (laughs) But um, that's really all I have from the news. I haven't really been on the news either. I just know if I get into the news, it's just going to only upset me more and more and more, especially because it doesn't seem that white people understand what cancel culture really is or what the word cancel means. Um, Ugh, God, they just suck. They suck. They suck. They suck. So let's get into this though, because... You know, y'all have sent me some beautiful gems to the mailbox, and I appreciate it so much. Um, So, let's start off with this first question that I got. Um, This question, it came from Dwayne, and, you know, this is a made-up name that I'm going to give you. Um, So, he said, question for you. So, my friend has a cousin who stays in the basement of his house. It's his first cousin, and the cousin doesn't pay rent. The main question is, what do you think he should do? But before you answer the question, listen to the kickers. Now, here are the kickers, which made me scream. She has bed, she has bedroom door open sex with her girlfriend. She had a video shoot with dudes in the backyard, which he came home from work to. She doesn't pay rent at all. He, here's the big kicker. He's renting the house from her mother and has paid for all of the remodeling work. Um, Okay. So I'm just trying to see what the question is here. Okay. Okay. So Dwayne is writing in because his cousin... Own, is renting this house from another cousin who's staying in the house's mother. She doesn't pay rent, has sex with her girlfriend with the bedroom door open, 
had a bunch of dudes in the backyard doing some kind of video shoot, which I can only imagine is going to be an OnlyFans. And he wants to know what to do. Well, he at least wants to know what his cousins should do. All right. So if this were me, I'm going to go into the kitchen, pour us both two hot cups of tea, and sit down at the kitchen table, hand her her tea, and say, girl, you got to get the fuck out. Like, this is, this seems insane for me right now. So the cousin who is renting the house is staying in the basement of the house that he's renting. And his girl cousin has come over and is not paying rent, but has pretty much taken over the other part of the house and is just disrespecting all of the ways that your cousin's supposed to be comfortable. This is the place that you call home. I don't understand that. No, you would have to go. Not in my house, not today, Satan. So I get right now that we're in a pandemic. I get right now that things probably aren't the best for her. They may not be the best for your cousin. They're not the best for any of us. I mean, there is a virus out there that's killing people. But you also can't sit here and let this happen in the place that you're calling home. You're calling this residence home. This is where you're supposed to be able to come and rest your head. And if you can't even be comfortable at home, then what do you really have? And I mean, at this point, we're all going to have to get comfortable in our homes because as flu season approaches, who knows, there'll probably be another shutdown of everything because we won't be able to tell who has the flu, the common cold, or coronavirus. So I would, you know what? Okay, maybe I'm jumping too far ahead. First, I would say talk with her. Have a sit-down conversation and just say, hey, I get that you're staying here, but these are the things that we need to have in place to respect the mutual spaces that we're going to have here. One, I need you to close the door when you and your girlfriend are banging it out. Like, you don't need to see every part of their sex situation. You don't need to hear it. You want to be able to walk past the room and not feel like, oh, I'm looking at something I shouldn't be looking at. Two, the video shoot with dudes in the backyard Okay, that's another thing. At least put that on the calendar. I'm pretty sure that you have a calendar somewhere in the house, or if you don't, you at least have one on your cell phone to just say, hey, this day is highlighted red. That means I'm going to have a bunch of naked dudes in the backyard, and we're probably going to be doing some OnlyFans shit. Like, make it make sense. I would have that conversation with her and say, look, if this is what you're going to do, give me a heads up. And then also another thing, you need to start coughing up some money. Girl, for you to have sex with the door open and probably have all the lights on, that costs money. So I need you to start coughing up some money here. Put a little ducats in my hand. Maybe put a little ducats in an envelope and hand me the ducat full envelope. Or put some coins on my dresser. Something. If you're not paying rent at all, you could at least be as quiet as... You know what? You could be as quiet as fluffy pancakes. When they hit the plate, they shouldn't make noise, y'all. So you could just be that fucking quiet. I don't understand that at all. So that's my sensible way. Honestly, for myself, if I was in this situation and I was your cousin, I'd be like, you got to go. You have to go. If you didn't 
even take into account that what you're doing is really affecting more than just you in this space without me talking to you, who knows what would happen if you actually tried to give me some consent on what you were doing or at least ask if this is cool and then I gave you an inch and you ran 65 yards with it. Like, yeah, no. I wouldn't be able to do it. I tell y'all all the time, roommates are the worst idea that you could ever have. Um, at least for me, having roommates was the worst idea I ever had in my life. I hated every single fucking moment of it. You never got your own space. You never had your own time. You always have to rely on somebody else to make sure that they keep up their portion of the bills or however you split the responsibilities of having this place. And then at the end of the day, sometimes you just want to walk around butt-ass naked after a long fucking day of work, and you probably can't do that. Roommates, not about it. Not about it. So... I hope your cousin has some luck out there. Um, hopefully the situation goes well. If it doesn't go well, then at the end of the day, at least your cousin can say they tried. And at least you can say you tried to get some good advice. Now, I do not know <laughs> um, what other advice I could give you aside as, yo, you got to move out. But I hope that this works for you. Or at least you try the initial conversation the light way. Okay. Ah, so that was pretty interesting. Okay, another question that I got in the inbox. And this one I saw, and I thought it was really good. It's only one little sentence. And it's just, why do women keep getting in relationships with gay men? So, this is one of those ones when I read this, I was like, okay. This sounds like just one of those random chintzy Facebook questions. Um, the person who sent it in said not to identify them. So I'm just going to make you a fake name and I'm going to call you Chicken Nug. So Chicken Nug, your question of why do women keep getting into relationships with gay men? Um, I don't feel that women are constantly getting in relationships with gay men. At least from what we see on social media, that's going to be one of my references or just from what we've seen in history, like television, or how, what is it, how Stella got her groove back, uh, which if you're not familiar with, it's about a, a middle-aged woman who, I think she went to Jamaica, Barbados. I, I know it was a, a very warm, tropical country, I think in the Caribbean. And she meets up with this man, he wows her, like she gets all of her sexual energy back and is feeling good about herself. And then it was written by Terry McMillan who had this experience and then come to find out the man she had this experience with was actually gay and got citizenship from her after getting married. And then I think they split up. Uh, so here's my thing. I don't think women are getting into relationships with gay men knowing that they're gay. And then the other side of it, I don't think they're getting into relationships with gay men who are actually gay men. So a lot of the times what we'll see or what we hear as insults or comments on social media or all these other things is, you know, you hear a guy and a girl break up and they start talking shit about each other. And then sometimes you hear, well, he liked me to eat his butt. Or he like me to play with his butt. That doesn't make him gay. 
um, first of all, because you are not gay and neither is he. You're both just having a lot of fun in the bedroom. Um, but play is essential. So, you know, essential, just like essential. <laughs> I had nothing else but the word essential there. Um, also, there's biphobia. There's queer phobia that occurs in these situations where we hear, oh, she was dating somebody who was gay. And it's like, well, no, he just said he was poly or he was bisexual. That does not make him gay. Um, and a lot of times that comes from the stereotype that if you're dating somebody who happens to identify as bisexual or poly or something else, that eventually they have to choose one or the other, which is not the case, not the case at all. So I don't think that the true statistics or however your question is going to be measured out, um, chicken, chicken nug, I, I can't answer to that. But what I can tell you is that if somebody's getting into a relationship with somebody, it their sexual orientation isn't really the biggest factor when it comes to the relationship and whether it lasts or it fails. It's really going to come down to, do these people really love each other? Do they have feelings for each other? Because it could happen that a gay man could also find themselves in a relationship with a woman or a woman can find themselves in a relationship with a gay man. Um, it's all a part of a spectrum we're on. So I don't think that it's something that you can really qualify with the question of why. People just fall in love with each other. People just fall in like with each other. People just fall into tolerating each other. And that sometimes constitutes into a relationship. So it can happen to anyone. Um, but I hope that helps. So I like some of these questions I've been getting in here. Um, very, very good. Hitting the spot with some of these that I just love. You know, let's do one more and then we will go to a little commercial break. Okay, so this question, this comes from Michael. And Michael said, I need advice from you because you identify as a bottom and I am a bottom verse. How do you aftercare? The soreness is killing me. All right. Well, Michael, I am first, I am sorry. Um, you probably got like the butt hurt that just doesn't feel too good. Um, look, as bottoms, we have all been there. It happens to all of us. So first, let's start with, let's start with the pre-care, not the aftercare. So the pre-care, first you want to make sure when you are about to bottom, um, for any man, doesn't really matter the size of their penis, you really need to make sure that you are prepared mentally and physically for the process. First, physically making sure that you have cleaned yourself. Um, and when I say clean yourself, you may need to use a douche or an enema to get rid of any particulate from your um, buttocks, <laughs> your, your, your wet ass pussy. <laughs> Maybe you'll need to do some care there first. So make sure that you clean yourself properly. Cleaning yourself properly, you can do this with a douche, an enema, just, you know, making sure you get some water inside of your anus, cleaning out any of the fecal matter that could be there. Um, listen to your body as you clean. You don't want to use too much water. You don't want to use too hot water or too cold water. Listen to your body. Your body's going to tell you it shouldn't be a painful process. It should be pretty relaxing, to be quite honest with you. 
Um, after making sure that you're clean, the next thing that you want to do is make sure that you take time to center yourself mentally for this process. Maybe take a nice warm bath before or a nice warm shower. Do some stretching, you know, stretching that focuses on your butt area. You know, you maybe do some Kegels with your wet ass pussy. You could do it. Um, do something that you know is going to relax your, uh, your whole I mean, honestly, that's the way I'm going to put it, because that's where probably a lot of that pain is that you're feeling or that soreness is feeling is directly from your hole. Um, you want to make sure that those muscles are relaxed and prepared for what they're going to go through. This isn't going to be like, you know, just, uh, you know, what? what's something fun that was always to do? Like, you know, playing basketball where the ball just goes through the hoop and the hoop is bigger than the basketball. It, it doesn't really work that way. Your hole's not going to be bigger than the dick, most likely, but it's going to be able to accommodate the dick. You just want to make sure that you are prepared for it. Um, aftercare, after you get pounded out, it's important that you take a minute and enjoy the fact that you got pounded out. <laughs> Do a little dance. Celebrate yourself. Feel real good that you just got your pussy broke. There's nothing wrong with that. But to help with the soreness, another warm bath, a warm bath or a soak in just a nice hot tub of water, maybe a little Epsom salt in there, some relaxing oils or something that can be very good to help those muscles just get that warmth and start to soothe themselves because they are going to be sore. I mean, you're stretching muscles. You're, well, you're not stressing the muscles. He's stretching the muscles. <laughs> But uh, you want to be prepared for just some relief. I mean, take it as if you go to the gym. After the gym, you go down to the sauna, sit in the sauna, get that nice warmness, help that body do some healing. It's going to be the same thing after you do gymnastics with your puss. You are going to need to make sure that you take a moment and let it relax still from that. Those muscles could still be contracting and all kinds of different things. So a nice warm soak in a bath real good. Even in the shower, just standing under the shower as the water literally hits your butt, or you can even spread your cheeks and let it hit the hole. Just that nice warm water will feel really good. Um, another thing you can do is that you can sit on a heating pad. Sitting on a heating pad helps with soreness. It's going to help keep your muscles relaxed and just work you through the process. Um, another thing, and this will be during, not even aftercare, but during sex, make sure you do listen to your body. If you have intense, sharp pains, that means maybe your muscles aren't relaxed enough for the force that's being applied. Listen to your body. You may feel pressure on your muscles, but when you feel pain or tearing or ripping, that's not going to be a good thing. You don't want to feel that. So using the proper amount of lube, using the right kind of lube. Um, since you are asking for bottom advice, I'm assuming that you were having anal sex. So that means you want to use a silicone-based lube, less friction on your uh, skin and mucosal membranes, and it'll prevent tearing to help you heal faster after getting dicked down. Those are just some tips that I have for you. Um, you know, I wish I had more. If anybody has any more, please write them in. I would love to share more of these tips um, because bottoming is kind of like it's kind of like solving your own personal Rubik's cube. 
because it's all different for all of us. The same actions happen, but everybody's muscles go differently. Everybody's cavities are different. So if y'all have any other advice out here for Michael, let's give him some advice. And Michael, I hope your next time that you get some dick, you won't be as sore afterwards. Um, all right, y'all. Gonna take a little break, make a little coins, and I will be back. Hey y'all, so shopping for clothes is never easy, especially for me. I feel like I go into a store, I get lost or I get annoyed or there's rude children or rude people who work there and I just don't get it. At the end of it, not only am I missing money, but then I'm Smeckledorf, bamboozled and completely confused on the products that I bought because I was just annoyed and trying to get out the store. So I love to shop online. So you're probably wondering why I'm bringing this up. Well, part of today's episode is sponsored by Salvatore Franco. Salvatore Franco is an online fashion designer who has great clothing for men and women and non-binary people through their website, salvatorefranco.com. And because you're a listener of Lifestyle of Gay Black Boy, you can get 25% off of your order no matter what you order by using the offer code AJV. 25 at checkout. That's A-J-A-Y-V as in Victor, 25 at checkout. When you use that offer code, doesn't matter what you buy from the website, you get 25% off the order. I have some of their V-neck t-shirts and their trousers, and not only are they comfortable, but the fabric quality is amazing, and you're not going to be gypped and buying clothes that are maybe going to last one cycle. So if you're interested, check them out at salvatorefranco.com. That's Salvatore spelled S-A-L-V-A-T-O-R-E, Franco, F-R-A-N-C-O.com. And remember at checkout, enter offer code AJV25. That's A-J-A-Y-V as in Victor, 25. It'll get you 25% off your order and you can get all this amazing items without having to brave the coronavirus going to a store. All right, let's get back to the show. All right, I am back. Okay, so let's get back into these questions because we got a few more in the inbox that I want to suss out, see what they look like, see what y'all talking about. All right. So this question is coming from Ryan. And Ryan asked, hey, I have a question that I saw on social media, and I would actually like to hear your answer on it. So the question is, what's your opinion about having sex on the first date? Not the hookup, but when you're seriously interested in someone. Hmm. Okay, Ryan. Um, thank you for your question. Sex on the first date when you're really serious about somebody. So for me, the way I look at it, sex on the first date when you're really feeling somebody, I think is a very beneficial and smart idea. I don't think it's a bad thing to do. I think it's smart because one, you're getting a very awkward situation out of the way for some people. Um, You know, I look at sex as almost like a handshake where it's like, okay, we're about to have a little bit of fun. We're going to do a little triple X smack down in this bedroom. Maybe a couple of pile drivers. Maybe a power bomb. Maybe hit him with an RKO on a dick. 
Uh, you know, it could be all kinds of things that happen during sex that can just be fun. And it's um, a way to kind of let your guard down completely because it's one of the most vulnerable pos- vulnerable positions you can be in as a human. You know, honestly, except when you're taking a shit because you can't really do much when you're taking a shit. But uh, <laughs> this is neither here nor there. When it comes to sex on the first date with somebody you're really interested in, I don't see it as a bad thing. I think it could be mutually beneficial for both parties. One, you get that instant connection. But two, it also sets you up in a realm where you have, I say, crossed a barrier of comfortability that maybe both of you may not be ready for. Um, Sex itself, like I said, I look at it like a handshake because... When I have sex, it's going to be very clear and defined. I'm going to set down the expectations about this is what I like to do. This is what I don't like to do. This is what really gets me in the mood. This is what turns me off completely. You like a gerbil in the bedroom. I prefer no animals at all. Not a fan of them. Um, So it just is one of those things that I am very cut and dry about it. So for me, it's not about exploring to find the mystical treasure between my partner's legs. It's kind of more like, hey, let's see what feels good as we slam these parts together and maybe we'll create, well, not a baby, thank God, but (laughs) maybe we'll create some fireworks here. Um, I don't think that it's bad if both of you are very open and honest about how you feel when the sex is going to happen. Um, you know, I can imagine in some people's heads, you look at it as, well, what's the point of even going on a date if you're just going to have sex? I don't look at sex and sex being the sole definer of as a relationship. I feel like sex is a benefit in the relationship. It's a plus. It's like one of the amenities to the apartment. The relationship itself is the apartment because it can hold everything. And the sex is like heat included. <laughs> that's what it's like it's like heat included and hot water included that's the sex um because whether or not you have sex if you're seriously interested in somebody you're going to be seriously interested in them aside from sex um i as you grow older and i, I don't know how old you are ryan but as i've grown older i've noticed that in the beginning when i was first dating and I say that in air quotes or trying to have a relationship the sex was just the ultimate goal it was like okay we can say we're in a relationship because we're having sex now now it's like okay I can say I'm in a relationship with somebody because they're there in the good and bad times they're there for the fun and they're there for the horrible moments they're there for the moments when I cry because I dropped a plate of pancakes and they're also there because I'm happy that I have a plate of pancakes in front of me it's a very wide spectrum of emotion. So sex itself is just this one moment. And I don't feel it's that big or detrimental when it comes to actually having a relationship with somebody you're interested in. Um, Ryan, if you were planning on going on a date with somebody that you're seriously interested in and maybe you're debating having sex with them, have the conversation with that person. Maybe that person is feeling the same kind of thing that you are where it's like, I don't know how I feel, but I mean, damn, that nigga's sexy, so my pussy's wet, and what am I supposed to do? Um, There's nothing wrong with having sex for humans. Humans have sex for fun. 
so do dolphins. They bang each other out just to do it. So I don't really see a problem with it. Um, let me know how it goes. If you're having a date, I would really like to know how you feel about it. Um, and this is going to come with a follow-up question that kind of as long as the same lines because it deals with sex um, and relationships. And this came from Kevin. And Kevin asked, why do a large number of men, straight or gay, oftentimes sexualize a relationship first? Then after they get one, after they get in one, either they want to convert it into a friendship or sometimes they never speak again. But what's funny is they started out by saying, let's be friends. Am I the only one who sees this happening or are there more people who think this? What do you think? All right, Kevin. I was drinking some water and thinking at the same time, reading your question. Um, you know what? This is how a lot of my... Uh, entanglements <laughs> uh, started in my life. A lot of times it would start as on a dating app or something. Hey, I'm just looking for friends and we'll just see where things go from there. And then I end up meeting the person and the next thing you know, we are going at it like two pit bulls. Like just, yeah, our clothes off and everything. Um, and then we either end up converting it into a friendship or like you said, sometimes we never speak again. I think in the way our society is right now, how easy it is to meet somebody. It's kind of like we're, we're grub hubbing people at this point. We're grub hubbing sex at this point, if it makes sense. Um, Grinder and Jacked, those are like grub hub for dick. You figure out what's on the menu, you order it, and then you try it out. But then sometimes you don't want to commit to it. So you're like, okay, well, let's just try this out as friends and see what happens and go from there. Um, I have had friends who have turned into sex partners who then have turned back into friends. And I've also had sex partners who've turned into friends and just stayed friends. Um... It's all different. It's all how you look at sex. I don't think it's sexualization of just the friendship itself because we were having sex. And situations where it was we were friends, then we had sex, and then we went back to friends. It was like, okay, we were friends, and then we happened to fill each other on a different level and wanted to try the sexual side of it out. And sometimes it worked, sometimes it didn't. So after that, we just said, hey, let's go back to just being friends. Sex can complicate things if you're both not ready for it. If the expectations and boundaries are not clearly defined and laid out in this interaction, you can really get into some muddy water. Um, not muddy water from not douching. <laughs> we don't want that. But you don't want to get into muddy water that can cause it, that leads to you guys never speaking again. Because I've had the situations, and one person in particular that I can just think of, we started out as fuck buddies. That was my crime fighting partner. We were fighting crime because we weren't out having sex with other people. We were just having sex with each other. Um, A1, top dollar sex, fantastic. If you're listening, you know exactly who you are. Um, and we had been hooking up with each other for about two, three years. And 
It was great. All fine. And then we decided, well, hey, you know what? You're pretty fun to have sex with for this couple of hours that we're doing it for. So let's see what more time aside from having our clothes off is like together. So then we started hanging out as friends and it was okay, but it definitely didn't work for either of us because we didn't clearly define the boundaries of once we were going to add friendship into the sex relationship that we were having. We were still having sex and then hanging out as friends, but the hanging out as friends, there was no definition of what this friendship was. Was this we can hang out as friends and still talk to other people? Is this that we can hang out as friends, but we're not talking to other people on a sexual level, or we just don't do that directly in front of each other? What do we do? And there were situations where we were out at bars together, and then maybe someone starts hitting on me or somebody starts hitting on him, and then one of us feels some kind of way because we're like, well, we just fucked each other 30 seconds ago, and why the fuck are you talking to somebody else already? Like, damn, you could at least give me an hour to let my pink parts just simmer for a little bit. And that's how it was kind of back and forth for us. So it just got so complicated since we didn't define it in the beginning that we just both went our separate ways and just never talked again. Um, it just is it's so different. It's so weird how relationships can work, especially when it's a sex to friendship or a friendship to sex situation, because like I said previously, I look at sex for myself as just a handshake. But if I don't clearly define the boundaries and the other person doesn't know what the boundaries are, we can get into this muddy territory where the relationship is just sexualized at this point. It was just meant for sex because we didn't talk about anything else but the sex. Um, I don't think it's a bad thing. And I think a lot of people do it these days because, like I said, it's so much easier to get sex now than it seems like it was before the advent of the internet. And I was alive before that time. I wasn't having sex back then, but I was alive. So, great question. Um, I hope that made sense. I am actually quite high. I smoked a Dutch, so some of this may not be making the most sense. But I'm here for it. Okay, so another question that I get asked, and this came from Tony. Um, and this is uh, just a short question. But Tony asks, what's the difference in being spiritual or being religious? I listened to your gay, black, and spiritual episode, and I like what you talked about, but I really want to know just how you define being spiritual or being religious. All right. So thank you for that, Tony. Thank you for listening to that previous episode. If you want to listen to gay, black, and spiritual, you can do that on all major podcast platforms. <laughs> or just find it on here. Um, I'm pretty sure it was an episode I recorded last year before we knew what coronavirus was. And you would wonder, from the moment when I talked about not being religious and just being spiritual, has my religious side or spiritual side changed now that we literally have a virus that is transmitted through the air and is just killing people? The answer would be no. Um, <laughs> it would be no. For me, I am not a religious person. And religion, to me, I define religion as the organized religion of like Christianity um, that really damaged this world heavily. Um, I am not a religious person, but I 
think that the difference between being religious and spiritual comes down to your practices and how you feel. So being spiritual, I believe that we are all tied to this earth together as an entity. We are all humans. We all feel the same emotions. We all function the same way. There's not many human bodies that are different in the manner of how the base human functions of life work. Um, and because of that, we're all tied to whatever fate that happens to us. I mean, look at coronavirus, essentially, that we have a virus that's infecting humans and some of us are infected in one way, some of us are affected in another way, but this virus still has the capability of getting to us all. Um, it's an entity that ties us all together. So we're all going through this existence of living on this ball that's floating around the damn sun, which by the way, the earth is round. The earth is round. I saw a letter in the inbox about the earth being flat and please keep that dumb shit away from me. The earth is round. Um, but because we're all tied together on this great big ball and our fates are pretty much all sealed together because if an asteroid comes out of nowhere, it's just not affecting the girls on one coast. It's really going to be able to something that's going to affect the entire world. Um, but being spiritual, we're all tied to this goal. So we're all working to this goal and we all have our own means of accomplishing whatever our puzzle piece is for this goal. And religion, religion is an organized thing that was created by a man. And it's supposed to be, I guess, law for everybody else. That's how I look at religion. I look at religion as this organized entity that has completely misconstrued the human experience and only led to destruction, death, and famine. Um, you know, I saw a great picture of how we're taught Christianity spread around the world, that it's just people bringing books of the Lord to all these heathens and just saying, hey girls, so maybe you don't burn people alive. How about we just sit down and read some good old words from the book of Jesus and Jesus is gonna tell you what to do with your life. When in all actuality, the spread of Christianity was quite violent. The Crusades, the Crusades. That's all I have to say is the Crusades. Literally cutting people's heads off, killing everybody to spread Christianity. You know, the Christian religion talks about peace and love and harmony, but it was not spread that way. It was spread through quite violent and bloody action. So religion itself, I just see it as this a business that's meant to churn out the product to convert people. Spirituality is knowing what you feel in your connection to this earth. That's what I feel like the difference is. All right, y'all. Let's see. I think those are the questions that I highlighted. Oh, you know what? There's actually one more that I have here. Um, this was sent to me as a screenshot. Uh, so I thank you for sending me the screenshot. This was posted by Evil Twin Blahnik. Um, and he asked, what's more annoying? One, the I know my body bottom or two, the impatient top. I'm gonna say the impatient top is more annoying 
Um, and if you don't know what we're referring to here, this is a when you're about to get fucked by a top who's like, um, you know, do you need to douche? Do you need to prepare for this? And the bottom's like, I know my body. I know I'm fine. Or the other point of the top who's like, okay, would you just hurry up and get ready when, you know, you're trying to clean out your good old pussy? Um, so the inpatient top is the most annoying because as a bottom, when we're getting ready to prepare the good china for you, we are preparing the good china. Let us polish it, inspect it for cracks, make sure it's all good for you so you can come in here and just fuck it up. Just cover it with all your little man gravy. That sounds disgusting. <laughs> but um, we are getting this prepared for you. We are preparing this product for you to come and destroy it. So I hate the impatient top who's like, just hurry up, just hurry up. Because those are most likely the same tops who if there's a painting accident, you know, if you happen to get a little bit of your good uh, brown <laughs> on the dick, maybe a little chocolate spill, those are the ones who freak the fuck out and then scream because they were like, oh, I got shit on my dick, even though I had my dick inside somebody's ass. So I hate the impatient top. The impatient top is probably going to give you some weak dick too. Like it's probably going to be like some just weak ass, maybe D level, possibly an F grade dick where you're probably going to suck it for like a good 20 to 30 minutes, have your neck all tired and shit. And then they're going to want to pound it away for an hour. Just the same motion, same rhythm, same pace, same position. And it's not going to be fun. So impatient tops, you annoy the shit out of me. Fuck you for being impatient because you could have a good experience if you just knew how to cool your jets for a little bit. All right, y'all. That's going to be it. Um, so thank you for listening. If you're listening on an app or a podcasting platform where you can give me a rating or a comment, please do both. Uh, five stars, preferably. And share this with whoever you want to share it with. Um, feel free to interact with the show on all of the social medias at Lifestyle of a Gay Black Boy. Or you can email me at LifestyleGBB at gmail.com. That's Lifestyle, G is in gay, B is in black, B is in boy at gmail.com. And I'll be sure to read you. Check it out. You get a seven curse word limit this day. Um, and thank y'all. I'll talk to you next week.